We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. You called it Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks. Hot on the heels of the season two episode. That is Hera's first kind of solo story. The following episode is the first Sabine solo story. And while it's far less subtle, it's way more exciting and intriguing because of the character of Ketsu, played by the amazing, gorgeous, super talented Gina Torres of Firefly fame. We have now had both Wash and uh, Zoe, uh, the married couple from Firefly in the Star Wars universe. And speaking of casting uh, S- uh, Tia Surkar as Sabine, who's the voice of Sabine, uh, they definitely should cast Gina Torres straight up as Ketsu uh, for all the reasons uh, mentioned. Uh, the previous episode was entitled uh, Wings of the Master, and this is Blood Sisters, which is episode seven or eight, depending on how you are counting. Sabine is in charge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ezra's no longer flirting. He's just intrigued by Sabine. You know, who's still early, who's still older and more experienced and kind of a mystery. And this is important because Sabine has been holding her cards so close to the vest, even to the two people who took her in, Kanan and... Um, uh, and Hera. And so this is important for uh, forcing her to open up and learning more about her past, both to the audience and to the crew. Uh oh, she notices a tag that's not hers. <laughs> it, she did a great job on Ezra's uh, modified mini stormtrooper helmet. It's a long way to Alderaan. I don't think. This is not the Leia episode for sure, uh, but they're teasing it. I was going to do the Leia episode, um, but I figured I wanted to do character studies uh, of of the ladies before Leia because that's actually an basically an Ezra episode, and there's a bunch of Ezra episodes. So this starts as very kind of funny, low-key, a little goofy, a little casual. You don't see anything super dramatic and crazy coming until Ketsu. Oh, it triggers the gonk droid. I <laughs> love gonk droids. The walking trash cans is great. binary box brain true it's a great place to hide uh, spiteful secrets uh oh so here's Ketsu also masked not Mandalorian what I love about Rebels is 
the dun, 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 usually signals not that it's going to be a not serious episode but it's not going to be one of the darker uh episodes wh- where they you know do you know imperial music or just kind of menacing you know uh dark themes look at them they're circling each other you know this is like han solo and greedo right <laughs> ezra has no clue what's going on he's He's right in the middle of them. Uh, yeah, they broke out of the Imperial Academy. Uh, we're starting to learn about Sabine's past in the Imperial Academy, but boy, does it get ugly the more we learn. Mm-hmm. Put a bounty on her because she left. She's reaching for the blaster. Han Solo style, here comes. Ketsu, of course, has got to see this coming. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know Gina Torres was in this episode or was a character, uh-oh, before I saw this. But you, her voice is in- immediately recognizable even through the mask sound filter. Mm-hmm complimenting each other Ezra of course is trying to defend Sabine as well as uh, um, defuse the situation somehow and uh, you know as we often see with these rogue characters like Sana and even Afra. You know, they'll join the fight against the common enemy and then they'll immediately turn on each other. So many great droids uh, in, in Rebels, and, and some who even join the crew temporarily or for longer periods. Ketsu has an amazing ship. It's so great. It was added as its own ship into the X-Wing Miniatures game and is one of people's faves. So there's the Black Sun, which is a major criminal organization. Now, I can't remember what the name of Darth Maul's organization with Kira is. Low profile. Yeah, not so much. Let's see, Kira. <laughs> they don't stand a chance. He, she's doing Chirut stuff here, hand to hand, just killing it. And you know. Uh, you know, it wasn't that hard to get the Moncal ship designer on their side. They're constantly trying to recruit. Keitsu does not join them here, but the possibility is left open, and she definitely comes through in season four. I can't remember if she helps them out before season four, but she definitely comes through in season four. Bounty hunting's come. Yeah, a bunch of white supremacist assholes. Um, 
No, Crimson Dawn is the yeah the mall Kira conglomerate, but Black Sun is definitely something that we hear about. So, she helped Sabine escape, and she was on Mandalore, even though she's not Mandalorian, I do not believe. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of we know each other so well. You know, so how do you outsmart someone who knows who knows what you're doing so well? Uh oh, there's this is some great chip horn here. Um, the Shadowcaster is her ship. It's a beautiful ship. I mean, it, it's not beautiful, but it's it's. Oh no! This isn't the Shadowcaster. Do we get the Shadowcaster here? It's a Lancer class ship. Not much to say. It's just a very exciting, thrilling episode where we're almost halfway in, and we're still not really sure what the relationship is here. Chopper. I, I wonder if he's just enjoying floating through space. Now he hits the butt engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Shadowcaster looks very similar to the Defiant, actually. From, uh, is that the ship? From, yeah, this is it. That's the Shadowcaster. No hard feelings, just business, right? Looks like the Defiant, a lot like the Defiant, or, or one of the Federation warships. <laughs> Cold-blooded is Gina Torres. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what Zoe would be if she didn't end up following Mel, she didn't meet Wash, you know, after the trauma and the loss of Serenity Valley, you could see her going this way. Which is funny, because in real life, Gina Torres, in addition to being stunning, it's just weed and jokes. Shame about her face. I mean, she's so gorgeous. She was married to Lawrence Fishburne up until recently. Um, yeah, best weapons, best ship. Right, so her ship has... Two laser cannons, a triple laser turret, a tractor beam, a deflector shield, and a hyperdrive. Mm-hmm. Body counts and quotas. I guess the main thing is, every time I watch this, I'm assuming at the end they they give us some exposition as to what this is all about. But, uh-oh, here's the triple laser cannons. Uh, <laughs> Chopper, that's why he was waiting. Uh, so long, old friend. Mm-hmm. There they go. She's going right after them. Yeah, they're just clashing...
I mean, this is just a pure action episode, and we finally get some character development later on. I'm not really sure what the transport she's flying is. Uh, oh, she wants the droid with the secret information, right? The gonk, the gonk droid. Mm-hmm. Oh, t- yeah. So, okay. So, Chopper got the information. So, now she wants Chopper because he's got the goods. so all of this fits sabine's profile of just being a badass with a bit of a sketchy past no yeah does it give it a stare down Mm mm-hmm yeah, he's family, is Chopper. He's a rebel and a friend. Oh, oh, Sabine. There she is. I mean, there's no. Jean Tor has gorgeous long, curly locks. It doesn't matter if they give her this hair, but I'm sure she would do it f- for the role. And it seems like she survived into the post ROTG, ROTJ phase. So if you know, I feel like she's in play, like Katie Sackhoff and Tia Sirkar for Favreau. It, I forgive you. Uh huh. Uh, she's doing the hard, soft, the hard, soft hybrid cell. <laughs> Does this forgiveness play work? Yeah, that's the key turn for Sabine. Humbling herself. Vulnerable. Yeah, now they have to fight on the same side. You know, it's just like Kanan and uh, and Rex. You fight together against a common enemy. Discover you have more in common. Put your differences aside. I mean, that's, you know, that's the message of, of Star Wars in general. And the Rebellion in particular. <laughs> yeah. So now she's got no guns. Mm-hmm. And there's the gonk droid. <laughs> Alright, so what's the con they're trying to pull here? You know, as I as I comment, it's not just the convenience of the characters that Han and Lando, you know, along with Leia, but specifically Han and Lando, are promoted as the heads of of the Endor battle in, on in space and on the ground. But specifically, they need the balls to the wall, you know, irrational, cur- courageous confidence mixed with creativity and scoundrel uh, resourcefulness to win such a hopeless-seeming battle. 
And even though Sabine is mostly a, a straight ahead as she is adopted and works loyally for uh, uh, Hera and Kanan, as the series goes on, she realizes that her past as both a weapons designer and a, uh, you know, a Mandalorian uh, scoundrel of sorts is valuable. She can work some of that in, and that's what K2 is helping her realize. But she also realize, she also helps K2 realize eventually that the rebellion needs her own, you know, rogue mind. And uh, luckily, she makes the right call eventually. I mean, the thing is, depending on your point of view, the rebels are just thieves and terrorists. And, and that's amazing that Star Wars gets away with it. And that's why right-wingers, in particular, have such a hard time. Because they grew up seeing the original trilogy, something I haven't talked about enough, as a response to you know, Jimmy Carter's weakness against the evil empire, that's the USSR. And then you know having to do with the cold war and the nazi and soviet communist legacy when that's never what it was about starting with the prequels it was clear that george lucas was promoting a progressive liberal message where he saw you know people who fought against hegemony and colonialism as freedom fighters as long as they weren't you know killing civilians like al-qaeda it was very clear in the prequels and they've continued it in more subtle less in your face but also more complex and nuanced ways in the properties since disney acquired it certainly clone wars fits the you know it's glorious to see giant battles but it's a war movie in the sense of seeing the horror of of war like rogue one i mean the influence of of clone wars on rogue one it hasn't been stated enough even though people killing people is a little bit different than clones killing uh, robots, I suppose. Oh, man, I love how flat and just, yeah, Starfleet-ish, um, Star Trek-ish the, the uh, Shadowcaster looks. Plus, Shadowcaster. You can't go wrong with that name. Man, the the Imperials never learn. They use ships as bombs all the time or, you know, pit the ships against each other. But, you know, the Emperor just, the Imperials just go big, 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 big and don't consider lack of maneuverability, lack of flexibility and all the things that give Rebels the Rebels advantage. Because from the Emperor's perspective, he can lose multiple Star Destroyers a day and still be gaining, unlike the poor motherfuckers that have to, to man it. That's a beautiful sight. Look at this thing land. ba 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 boom I always like when you can see outboard engines, too. You know, the Falcons is kind of built into the circular back, which is very slick and elegant. But I do like sort of the twin nacelles look of uh, of the Shadowcaster. Is that R2-D2? Yay, R2! Making friends with all the droids. Oh, R2. 
One of the best parts of Last Jedi is showing Luke the Leia hologram. <laughs> Cheap trick to turn Luke's mind that he needs to help his sister and what his sister's standing for. You know, I'll continue to say the greatest moments of Last Jedi are up there with the greatest moments of Star Wars. The problem is they all have to do with Luke, Leia, Kylo, and, and Rey. But I digress. So, here's the, do you want to join us? I'm not ready. Maybe someday. So, the story about Keitsu is is pretty straightforward in terms of scum and villainy, you know, one foot in each camp characters in Star Wars. I know who you are. <laughs> oh, Sabine told me all about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ezra. <laughs> Ezra, get lost. <laughs> get lost, kid. Yeah, he still wants approval from Sabine, but the way they they spin the writing and and Taylor Gray delivers it, it, it again, it's approval of, of Big Sister. It's only money. Yeah, that's key. Look at her purple eyes. Oh man, beautiful character design. Yeah, Sabine from the from the middle when she forgives her and reaches out. It really, it really touches Ketsu. Think right. This is like Billy D. Think it's the last scene of her. Here she says no. Yeah, and we do get Ketsu back just when they need him. Great work, Sabine, showing a little bit of the soft, vulnerable side. But it makes her strong in being vulnerable. So, you know, it's great to see this. And uh, after I take a bit of a break, I'm going to do. Um, the next Hera episode and then the next Sabine episode, Hera on the Twi'lek planet with her, her famous dad, Shams Sindula, and then Sabine with a very complicated political situation that keeps getting more complicated from the Clone Wars until the upcoming episode until the rest of, uh, Rebels. So, uh, didn't have a ton to say about that one, but really enjoyed it. That's one I can definitely watch a lot because it's exciting and the two female characters, are, are fantastic, hilarious, badass, and of course Ezra being in the picture in Chopper is just perfect. We barely see the other characters. It was a very smart move. So thank you for joining me. Got more commentaries coming soon. May the force be with you. And for now, the bizzle is out.